Welcome to the Cheshire Police Federation podcast in association with number one Copper Pot Credit Union. Hello everyone. You didn't think we'd forgotten, did you? Welcome back to the Cheshire Police Federation podcast, our monthly conversation about the issues that matter most to police officers. I'm your host, Andrew Simpson, and this is episode 18. Last year, we dedicated an episode um, to the role of Federation representatives, whether full-time or volunteers, in an attempt to find out what motivated individuals to support those they work alongside in this way. We're going to explore that topic again roughly 12 months on, and to do so, we've invited back Tony Condon, the branch secretary, to help me do that. But also with us this month is Andy Burridge, a response sergeant at Blaken, who is a workplace representative as well as the branch's new deputy misconduct and treasurer lead. Hello to both of you. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Morning, very good, thank you. Andy, welcome for your podcast debut. Thank you. Um, to start with, I, I want to pick up loosely where we left off uh, last time Tony was with us. Now, this time last year, we remained very much in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic and talked about the impact it was having on workplace dynamics within the police force. But what's the situation now? When I wrote this script yesterday... I could within seconds find news stories online that describe the renewed strain on health and ambulance services caused by heavy demand, severe staff shortages and rising COVID-19 cases. So in some ways it feels like we haven't moved on. Um, But Tony, just set the scene for us. How are Federation representatives getting on now against that backdrop that I've just described is is still with us in in, in some respects? I think you painted the picture really, really well then, Andy, because... We are experiencing it in normal life, aren't we still? It's not gone away. We've got other strains that have come back to the forefront, um, coming from Europe into our country now. I think we've learned a lesson in the sense that um, we've had to adapt. We've had to change the way we work. Um, but also things have stayed in that sense that they're using the IT and you know we're across the county and we can speak to somebody or see somebody online by using sort of the equipment we've got, which is the laptops. Uh, obviously the old old phones we can still use and speak to people, but we've got slight difference in the sense that now we are able to come out of our holes and, and go and visit people and, and spend time with people just to get sort of a sense of normality back. Yeah, I wanted to just kind of build on a couple of things you, you've said there because um, now we're kind of two years uh, down the line there will be lots of positive things that you've learned about how reps can do the job and it sounds like some of those are now gonna be here to stay is that fair to say absolutely yeah I mean um, the problem with people at the moment is that uh, there is still things around in police stations such as uh, you know worries around covid and and also traveling so people travel into a police station to go and represent somebody um, there are still sort of concerns around are people going to be bringing COVID in, etc. Okay. So, so to avoid that with people that have those concerns, we can just dial in. We can just get laptop, dial into their either their work or personal laptop, or even on the phones because we, we can get the uh, you know teams on phones, etc. Now, so it's much more still personable, professional, but also um, we're respecting people's wishes if they don't want to have face to face. We don't have to. Yes, so total flexibility basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about, uh, is there been any kind of clamour to bring stuff back that you had to pause? Are people kind of craving more in-person contact or are they are you just leaving that up to them to decide what's best in whatever circumstances they find themselves in? I think it's a case-by-case thing because a lot of people um, have their own uh, understanding the concerns around COVID um, and, and contact. And to be fair, like you've sort of said, people are requiring that face-to-face. They want some normality back. 
Um, but obviously now, you know, um, we can do that in not necessarily in police stations. We can go to the locations. We meet people in sensitive matters away from police stations, and so, so, so we can do that. And we do like to meet people. We are, you know, we are front facing. You know, it's nice to meet people and sort of have conversations about lots of areas of, of, of concerns. But more importantly, they have the option. I, I think that's a perfect place to to bring Andy in as someone who is um, a workplace representative. First question I put to you, Andy, is just kind of. In Broughton, what's, what's it been like to kind of do your role as a rep during the, the pandemic? Um, well, I was lucky enough or unlucky enough to be on a cruise ship in the Caribbean. No way. When this happened, when Boris came on the TV and said to uh, uh, he's closing down the country. So it was a bit of a shock to the system. I remember coming back over on uh, an aeroplane into Manchester Airport. And Manchester Airport was dead. There was no one except our flight. Driving back up the M56 to Chester. Um, the airport, uh, sorry, the the um, motorway again was dead. So I thought that this is this is real. I've yeah. been hearing about it on the news, and this is quite serious. Um, so I think the whole country was very much uh, like a rabbit in headlights, and I don't think Cheshire Police was any different from that. Um, so we were straight into issues around in, uh, surrounding PPE, and officers sure. weren't sure what they should and shouldn't be wearing at certain times. Uh, there was confusion about sickness, about yeah. what was pandemic sickness, what wasn't pandemic sickness, and the effects that had on individual sickness levels and, and, and their uh, sickness reporting, what have you. Um, certainly, I work over in Chester. Um, uh, I live just over the Welsh border, as, uh, right. as do so many of my colleagues over on the Western area. So they were having to deal with all sorts of different types of legislation. So they had legislation pertaining just to Wales, coming over the border into England, where it was different again. And then, of course, Cheshire Police's uh, interpretation of some of that legislation and the policy that they had in place. So sometimes having to navigate three different sets of rules and regulations, which was something of a challenge. And that never let up, did it? It was it was that constant churn of, of, of change with, with the rules, what you can do, what you can't do. Was your a lot of the kind of then questions or, or first inquiries to you along those lines kind of very kind of pandemic specific yeah. stuff Pre- pretty much normal fed work sort of for me anyway sort of just ju- stopped yeah uh, overnight and and everything now was about the pandemic how we deal with the pandemic how can we keep ourselves safe in the pandemic what do these regulations mean uh, mean during the pandemic so it was all coronavirus related it was very bizarre have you found or, or noticed a, a change now 12 months on because we had DS Lisa Wilson in your seat 12 months ago, she, she described that as well in kind of her day-to-day activity. Is it Are people starting to come to you now with what you would recognise as kind of non-pandemic related issues and, and questions? They're kind of coming to the fore a little bit more again or are you still kind of seeing a mix? No, I, I think there's very much been a back to normal okay. uh, business, back to business as normal uh, in, in recent months. Um, I think there's an appetite, um, certainly that I see, uh, to get back to normal. Um, just touching on what Tony was just saying about the opportunities for Teams meetings and all the rest of it, I, I think certainly delivering training on Teams and meetings in Teams, yeah. I, I'm not a fan whatsoever. Yeah. And I know there's, there's similar views around the organisation, so to, to get back to normal is great. But from a Fed rep point of view, yeah, we're getting the usual questions now, the usual run-of-the-mill inquiries moving away from coronavirus, most definitely. Do you, again, as someone who's kind of doing it at, at the coalface, do you welcome that flexibility, though, that Tony's talked about and people might still feel comfortable having a, a video call, for example, just having 
the options is actually one of the few good things that have come out of the. Absolutely, yeah, I, I do. There, there are people that are still vulnerable. The, the, the virus hasn't gone away, and that's a bit of a cliche, but it hasn't. It is still there. Uh, so it's a very fine balance, I think, between getting back to some degree of normality while still respecting those that want to take some further precautions. Um, but yeah, we've got the technology and the processes in place now to be able to do that. Okay, uh, just to move on, despite the challenges posed by the pandemic the federations elections referred to as the triennials as a nod to the fact that a ballot takes place every three years still went ahead late last summer so to finish the the first part of, of today's first half sorry of today's episode i'd like to share with our listeners what the cheshire branch now looks like as a, as a result of that um late last year so tony again do you, do you want to set the scene and pick out for us kind of the important outcomes from from the election what it looks like for Cheshire Police Federation now? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it was it was a great success in the sense that we had a lot of interest and a lot of people that were asking questions around what, what is a FEDRIP, what does a FEDRIP do? Um, and it was great to hear person uh, personally from people that came into the office here, um, people we met along the way. In essence, um, you know, um, representation, we have a limit of what we can have as in sense of Fed reps. So the maximum we can have is 30. Okay. Um, and we had a fantastic turnout. We had, from a voting point of view, a 34.9% turnout, which is highly elevated from last year. Um, and we also had a real good balance of represent- representatives that came from rank and also um, sex as well. So it was really, really nice to see that we had a broad stick approach to um, representation and the types of people that were putting themselves forward. So yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um, some new reps as well as part of that, I, I assume? Yeah, yeah, we had um, uh, 11 new reps, which, which was really nice. Um, and obviously from a training point of view, the first thing that um, um, I wanted to do is make sure that every rep um, is got the right um, sort of equipment and knowledge and uh, confidence to be able to go and represent um, people that they work in the meet in the workplace. Um, so broad stick, sort of broad stick approach. As soon as um, people were in, within um, sort of six weeks, we'd trained a third of all of the all of the fed reps and retrained people that had already done courses a while ago in equality and misconduct. So. Um, you know, so police officers could have the reassurance that we are in tune with up-to-date legislation and training, uh, and that's an ongoing thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say how they settled in. Well, you started to answer that by saying that the, the, the well on, even though it's you know relatively a short space of time since since everything was was completed, but it sounds like they're settling in nicely. Yeah, no, uh, uh, like I said, healthy questions being asked, people wanting to learn, um, you know, people wanting to take different directions because there's lots of sort of options within the Federation to uh, develop, um, to take on different specialties. Um, as Andy here, you know, is taking on a sort of a deputy role, very significant area of business with uh, misconduct. And there are other areas, health and safety, uh, professional development um, that we have as well. So. Um, I've already gotten interest from people that want to develop within those roles as well. So already a lot of success and positivity, but it's ongoing. Yeah. And are there any vacancies if anyone's listening to this and might still be wondering whether they'd like to be a head rep? Absolutely, yeah. No, we have got some uh, some vacancies and uh, I'd like to just sort of put on, on, on record that I really encourage people that are interested to put themselves forward. Um, it's a really rewarding, rewarding role in the sense that yeah, people do support people in the workplace and 
the difference that makes to people that have had difficulties or struggled, um, the elation and relief to have somebody there to speak to, to represent them that knows what they're doing and that it's experienced. Um, so we are looking, recruiting at the moment, and I am actually going around to police stations to sort of promote the work that we do and also to show um, that we can ask, ask, answer questions on the spot regarding just individual issues as well. But yeah, it's a real drive to get people to put themselves forward, but to give them the understanding of what we do. Brilliant, and it's a perfect point to bring Andy back in, maybe to share a little bit about his experience of what it was like when you were deciding, oh, should I, should I put myself sure, put me not? What, what swayed it for you right back at, at the start when you first became a, a Fed rep? Um, I first considered being a Fed rep back in 2015. Right. Uh, I made an initial approach to the office, only to be told that the uh, trials or the elections had just happened, there was no vacancies, and to come back in three years, okay. which is uh, pretty much exactly what I did. Right. And I was uh, elected in 2018. Um, I was really drawn to the huge, and it is a huge variety of issues uh, that reps get involved in. And Tony's mentioned some of the sort of areas of work that we do. Um, it's really challenging, or I thought it would be challenging, and it certainly turned out to be. Um, uh, I saw, though, that our organisation occasionally uh, rode roughshod over some of our members, and uh, without a full... Uh, consideration of some of the regulations that are there to protect officers and being a, I am a, a regulations geek I can't help it I love the police regulations and to be able to use those uh, positively to impact on members and to, to, intent, uh, to all intents and purposes bring the organisation to account really attracted me and I enjoy doing that on a day-to-day -day basis. So classic question I guess what, what would you say to somebody who's heard Tony say there are still spaces on the, the council and are thinking about it, what would your advice be to them if they're kind of wavering still? I would absolutely encourage it, but th there are some they do need to consider. Um, you need to prepare to put the work in. Um, there's an awful lot of work and sometimes this will mean taking calls in the evening, taking yeah. calls on rest days and, um, and, and being prepared to have those really lengthy conversations with members that are in need. But in in response to that you do get an awful lot of investment i feel very invested in by the police federation in terms of the training in terms of the special specialism opportunities that are available to go into uh, and you really feel like you're part of a family certainly the cheshire police federation sort of pushing forward uh, members and, and assisting them on a day-to-day -day basis so definitely go for it but be prepared to put that work in what what do you find most rewarding um for me, in, in the misconduct world, it's really difficult to sort of push forward what you do because there's certain uh, confidences that you can't break okay. in terms of people that find themselves um, in a little bit of trouble from, from time to time. Uh, but for me, it's that handshake at the, hen at the end of a misconduct hearing or when you've been assisting someone in any, any vein of the work that we do, just saying thank you for helping me because uh, they could have done it without you. And it happens from time to time. It's fantastic. The Cheshire Police Federation podcast in association with number one Copperpot Credit Union. The Cheshire Police Federation's monthly podcast is sponsored by number one Copperpot Credit Union, a not-for-profit organisation that offers financial services exclusively to the police family. It's free to join and provides access to savings, loans and mortgages, all directly from your payroll making it easier to manage your money. Lots of members use Number One Copper Pot to save for events such as Christmas or holidays or simply to build a rainy day savings fund. To find out more or to apply to join, visit numberonecopperpot.com. That's numberonecopperpot.com.
Now, if the first half of this episode was spent assessing what's gone before, I'd like to dedicate the second part to the future and, and looking forward. Now, the brand structure has undergone some changes and several new lead roles have been created. So um, a perfect place to start is, is Tony just to kind of introduce those and then we'll we'll talk a little bit of kind of about the motivation and kind of why why this is a good moment to do it but kind of set the scene again first if, if you don't mind yeah thanks Andy I, th- I think t- the first point to start w- what we had before we've changed and, and part of that was uh, we've got the standard roles which is sort of fed reps that can specialize in health and safety professional development uh, as key areas um, I then decided that um, the looking at the work that we were receiving, that there was a lot around quite dedicated areas. And also there was individuals that really wanted to put their head forward regarding doing these particular areas because they were in the in the area already. Okay. So it made perfect sense then to, uh, for the first time in, in our existence, to create new roles that speci- specialised in um, these areas of business. So the areas of business I'm sort of talking about are detectives, um, the dog units, yeah. um, um, also firearms, custody and roads policing. Um, I know other branches across the country do have similar sort of models and roles, but we, on reviewing the work that we had and the people that were calling the office, um, it it justified the actions to bring those in. So um, those roles have been advertised and we have people in those roles now. And what I can say is that there has been a a real significant uh, support there for those people that have rung the office. They know now who to go to and those people individually or as a group can pick up the work um, and take it forward and and, and feel like they're really part of, as as Andy said, the Cheshire Federation family where they're not on their own, even though they have responsibilities in a particular area. We all talk together, we all meet together, um, uh, and, and it has made a real different uh, diff- uh, sort of difference to the members, really, where they've noticed that I know who to go and speak to about that, and going forward, um, they, they've built up an ex- expertise around problems they've had in the workplace as well, uh, and had some good, really good outcomes already. I was going to say, so there's already some really encouraging signs that this um, was the right moment to do the move, as you said, because you were guided by what sort of inquiries were being made, but already people kind of responding in a positive way to it. That's a big tick in the box, isn't it? Yeah, I, it sort of justify exactly that, that the move was the right move. And I think people do like, when I've done the road shows, a person at the end of a phone that they know they can speak to about particular problems. The impact that's had across the rest of the Fed reps is that have you, you've got dedicated people picking up particular types of work, um, it makes other work uh, work time be available for other reps. So, right, um, I mean, you know, it's really good to be omnicompetent, don't get me wrong, and to be qualified so that our members listening to this particular podcast can still be reassured that people are qualified in a number of areas as well as specialising. Um, but it just gives people that are interested in the Federation roles a bit more independence and choice and um, that they can lead on particular areas of business, which has really been successful. And, and that starts to answer one of the, the questions that, that we prepared about what improvements do you hope members will notice? Well, it's twofold that they will have, where they require it, a kind of elevated or more sophisticated, tailored advice, depending obviously the nature of their of their inquiry or, or their situation. So that the, the regular day-to-day stuff carries on, but they, then there's, there's access to that elevated support. So that's the main thing they're going to going to notice. Yeah, and I think just to bolt onto that as well, Andy, is the fact that um, 
the joys of having dedicated people and dedicated roles um, as a first off is that they've made relationships with people in that relevant area of business. So the continuity of having conversations around difficult or even simple uh, issues, the ice is already broken. So um, sort of getting that communication across and relationship building, which you know we've found has had great success with the results we've had. Right. Um, it's already there and it's ongoing. So um, it, it, it's been really good. And we've had some changes in some of the roles within the force, but there's been no um, problems then with re-establishing a relationship with that individual. So it's from success to success. And obviously, just to touch on something that Andy mentioned earlier about um, you know it can be a, a time consuming or a drain on time for to be a workplace rep, but you're saying no. You notice already there's some of that's being freed up, so they're actually able to kind of be more nimble, which is a nice um, trade-off for for having the specialists as well, isn't it? Yeah, and I think you know, um, in um, sort of people that aren't in the place or not in the federation, just as sort of uh, just given examples that there's different areas of work that come into our office. Like I said, there's equality, health and safety, general questions. So I think it's really good that we can take some of the specialist work away and allow people to just um, be free into uh, to delve into other areas of business, which is what's happened, you know, and it's freed up that time so they can actually be more proactive in having conversations in the local canteen to say, actually, what's going on? Tell me what's, you know, how you're feeling and, uh, uh, you know, not being bombarded and with, with other problems. Brilliant. Let's bring Andy back in and talk a little bit about his experience of, of these changes as someone who <coughs> has done uh, the role as a workplace rep, but also then had some experience of specialising as well what, what what's that like you, obviously as an individual who wants to pursue an area of interest we've talked about in today's episode that's great to have that opportunity but how, how have you found the the experience of, of moving from workplace to maybe more specialist work and obviously you, you're recently now deputy misconduct and, and treasurer lead so just talk us a little bit about your experience uh busier i think <laughs> is the first uh, the first descriptive um yeah you're busy enough anyway as sure. as, as a, a work-based rep with all the uh, the usual uh, inquiries that we get as representatives but you can make as much of the fed as you want to make of it you know the, the opportunities are there and certainly for me i was always interested in the misconduct world okay. um it took a, a year or two to get there uh, but now i'm um, the uh, the deputy capital the deputy uh, conduct leads uh, you are taking on more work so I have become much more busy um, certainly with in the misconduct world um, you're dealing with the regulations you're dealing with matters which are time critical there's very uh, prescriptive uh, time limited uh, actions that a, a rep needs to do in dealing with misconduct inquiries so it's not something you can sit back on your laurels for you need to be on top of your game uh, and uh, I'm not a full-time rep. I also sure. have a, I'm a response yeah. sergeant as well. So in effect, it's two full-time jobs, which I'm trying to sort of cram into to one 40-hour week, and it's a, a little bit difficult to do sometimes. Uh, but yeah, it's certainly busier, but this is what I want to do, so uh, I'm quite happy to do it. What's the trick then to, to spinning all the plates? I've no idea. When you know, we let me know. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> um, let's let's uh, rephrase that question. What, what, what are you enjoying so far about, more specifically about, about the new role? If it's something you had an interest in, is it is the reality matched with what you hoped? Uh, very much so. Again, it's very very varied. So it, it okay. sort of encompasses um, the, the, all the different levels of misconduct work, which is interesting in itself. Uh, the, the UPP or unsatisfactory performance procedures, uh, and also some of the issues surrounding some of our probation officers that find themselves um, on, on what called Regulation Thirteen meetings, which is for them to have the extension of their probation or to even be dispensed from the constabulary. It's really challenging, and it, it's it's about essentially saving people's jobs this is the serious end of the spike if you like and it's an absolute privilege to be involved in that 
And as a regulations geek, perfectly. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, just, uh, I'm interested to, to ask you as, as we head towards the, the end of today's episode, um, to kind of, even in the time you've had kind of close contact with the Federation, how you would assess how things have changed for rank and file officers for, for members now in terms of how the Federation is, um, the breadth of support it, it can offer. Have you noticed a change even in the time you've been involved with it? It's kind of this evolution. Um, I think at one stage, uh, from a rep's point of view, the Federation was seen as a gravy train, which is just right. for a bunch of people to come on board, to have all the benefits of being a rep and none of the work. Um, I've seen, I've only been here for four and a bit years now, and I've seen a massive change in culture, uh, away from being focused on reps and, and, and how many pints they can get down the neck at some do somewhere, to actually what can we do for the members. Uh, certainly Dan being introduced as the welfare lead is a, a massive plus, I think, for the Cheshire Federation, uh, because welfare is essentially what we're all about. Every other area of business uh, comes back to welfare because everything that the, a police officer finds themselves in, in trouble, uh, either on a misconduct area or whether they've got an equality issue, it's going to affect them mentally and their welfare is paramount. So the introduction of Dan, I think, has been fantastic. But for me, a real culture shift away from, from the rep to the actual member, which is how it should be. And that brings us to the end of this episode. I want to conclude by declaring my appreciation for Tony Condon, Cheshire Police Federation Branch Secretary and Sergeant Andy Burridge, Deputy Misconduct and Treasurer Lead for contributing to this discussion. Thanks, of course, as well to Jamie Thompson, your branch chairman and this podcast's producer, no less, for bringing us together. Uh, Before I sign off, I'd like to trail our next edition by revealing that our guest will be Steve Hartson, the newly elected National Chair of the Police Federation of England and Wales. In his election statement, he identified a lack of communication and disconnect between members, the National Board and the Chairman's Office, so we're keen to discover how he plans to change that. Finally, you can get in touch with the Cheshire Police Federation by visiting its website, which you'll find at cheshirepolfedonward.org.uk. That's cheshirepolfed.org.uk. There you'll find news about its latest work, details of member services, and information about the group insurance policy. Don't forget too, you can also download the Cheshire Police Federation app for free from the App Store or Google Play. And we'll be back in May. Goodbye.